Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, people? You know that sound, the Unfiltered Band means yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way right here, right now. Officially, this will go down as episode number 238. On your scorecard, you can jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution 24-7, 365. It is simple. Get over on the artist formerly known as Twitter, X if you will, at Casey Stern. Jump on board and follow. Get up into the bio and jump on board the YouTube channel as well. And like and subscribe and comment on all the videos. And now into 238 episodes where most of you are. Apple, Spotify, and everywhere that you get your finer podcasts. And thank you for being with us. And depending upon when you get this or see this, a happy new year to be. Here is it's uh, New Year's Eve or happy new year to you. If it's already on the other side of 2024, we'll get into all of that as the hubbub of New Year's Eve, one of my least favorite things every year. And uh, for those of you who are in that boat, it is almost over. It is almost into 2024. Uh, When you uh, get to a certain age, it is not about where you're going to watch the ball drop. It is about whether or not you're going to stay up long enough to even be able to watch it on television. Uh, if you're in that boat, let me know. You can jump in the comments. Either way, we'll get into a couple of different things here. We're talking trades, baseball variety, NBA variety here on this show. Among other things, you could jump on board on anything and everything you want. Again, 24-7, hit me up on Twitter at Casey Stern or get into the YouTube comments. Happy to be with you. We are always happy to be here in large part. Thanks to our good friends at Bet Online. They are still your number one source for all your sports betting needs. People, you get the latest odds, the lines, the matchup reports. It's got basketball, football, baseball, boxing, MMA, golf, everything you want. They've got it. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to get all your wagers. You got live betting and favorite casino and card games. They're all available right now, right from your phone. So get over to the website or you can use your mobile device and do it today. And get in on all the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. It'll get you 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is where the game starts as we get started here. Let's start on the baseball side. A little bit of a shorty today. But wanted to hit a couple of things up before we got to the new year. Reacting to some news and notes in a couple of sports yesterday. Chris Sale is a guy who, at the height of the heights, we've seen pitch at the highest of high of levels. That is not the Chris Sale we've gotten in the amount of starts he's had the last three years and not in the 20 starts that we got in the last season for the Boston Red Sox. Yet still, a lot of people were surprised to see this trade. A couple of reasons. One, maybe relationship with the Red Sox, all he'd been through, all he'd done And then maybe the other side, who would take him and how is that going to work out and who would really be interested? But when you heard, and tell me if I'm wrong, that it was Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves, this is what track record will do to you for a player, and this is what it will do with you if you are a a general manager or somebody in the the architect position. You get the track record that now AA's got, where it's like, oh, well, maybe Alex Anthopoulos is seeing something we're not seeing. Let me tell you what he's seeing. Seeing a lot of team-friendly contracts on this squad already on this roster, the ability to have some wiggle room and taking a gamble. And obviously, you know, the Red Sox paying a lot of the money, what, 17 of the 27 or whatever it is, million dollars here for this first year. So taking a lot of those dollars, Vaughn Grissom, a guy who 
we thought really going into the offseason now a little over a year ago was the shortstop to be, and then that wasn't to be. R.C. ends up getting the spot. Grissom roadblock, not really a position for him. The Braves seemingly, I don't want to say, you know, I, I don't want to say he'd gone cold, but clearly they were not rushing to find a spot for him to get into. And he was somebody who was expendable for them to give up. So they take a bit of a gamble. And if you're the Braves, it's a gamble of pretty much dollars. But this is what you're seeing all around the league. $16 million for what Frankie Montas has not done of late. Luis Severino, $13 million for what he has not done of late. And the list goes on and it goes on and it goes on. So here you go. Now enter Chris Sale. Alex Anthopoulos saying after the deal, they wanted to add a guy who could be a you know frontline starter. And they wanted to add a guy who could go pitch playoff games as a starter. And I don't know if Chris Sale could do either of those things anymore, but we're about to find out. And the gamble for the Braves much smaller in the way this deal gets done with the money coming on from Boston. You understand it from their side and from the Boston side. They get to release some of the dollars, especially in year two of this deal, remaining on sales contract. And they get to bring in and get younger in a guy like Grissom. And they got the free up money that eventually you saw already spent as they brought in Giolito on a two-year deal. And they're probably not done needing to work on that rotation and build out that pitching staff. The Red Sox don't want to be in the basement of the American League East this year. And the Chris Sale thing had kind of, I mean, it, it, look at it, it had... It had played out its course, really, and then some. And I think the Red Sox, getting a a really good view of what Sale had left, didn't think clearly he had that much left. So it's a gamble of one team trying to take a shot and saying, hey, look, new scenery, new motivation, new eyes. We can find a way with what we do here to get the most out of this player for the lack of dollars we're going to spend because they saved some good money with what the Red Sox brought over. So I understand the deal from both sides. It's one of those trades where you don't know how it's going to play out until we see how it plays out, but I understand it from both sides. Then there's a deal in the NBA yesterday, and I'm a Nick fan my whole life, and clearly I've covered the NBA, and I remember hosting and covering the draft on the Turner end of things when R.J. Barrett became a New York Nick. And when R.J. Barrett became a New York Nick, That whole day was pretty much about whether or not they were going to end up finding a way to get number one, all the odds in their favor. They were going to pick first. They were going to get Zion Williamson. And look, that would have been a whole different train wreck uh, of a whole other story. But watching R.J. Barrett with the Knicks, there has not been a question to me, and this is not just as a Knicks fan, but as somebody watching it and looking at it unbiasedly, there has not been a question that R.J. Barrett was never going to reach a higher ceiling with the New York Knicks. That was never going to happen. He had really shown you all he was going to show you. The deficiencies were what they were. He's not a star. He's never going to be a star. And look, I like R.J. Barrett. Seems like a nice guy personally. I'm not saying he didn't put work in, put effort in. I'm not saying he didn't have the want, didn't have the go. But he just doesn't have the it. That was clear. So if you told me that R.J. Barrett's in a deal, you're bringing in O.J. Ananobi, who clearly, when you look at defensively what he can do, on both sides of the ball, yeah, expiring, but the Knicks are not. This is what people don't understand. And Look, I, I don't love this deal from the Knicks, but in, in defense of where the Knicks are, the part people don't understand is they're not a destination. This is not a place people have run to. This is a place people have run to make jokes about not wanting a run to in free agency. So to be able to bring guys into ex- expiring contracts and to sell them on staying, and then having them stay, that's something that is beneficial to them. And it makes sense 
for them. So if you would have told me, hey, Ananobi, a guy who's coming over, and RJ, a guy in the deal, even with the second-round pick and whatnot, okay, I understand that, and I get that deal, even you're going to give a little bit of more than that. But it was too much more than that. Now, I'm not saying OG Ananobi not going to be a good Nick. But if there aren't more deals to come and they don't fix things and figure things out and they don't show me something else beyond what they showed me here, then I got to ask you about the IQ in the room when you let IQ go in this kind of a trade. I'm not saying that quickly untouchable. I'm not saying that you can't move him in a trade, but I'm saying that anybody who's been watching this team and watching this player knows not only the value of the player, but knows there's probably more in the player that knows that for other teams who can use him as, as a starter all across the board and play him 40 minutes a game and do things the Knicks really couldn't do in the way the rotation was, even though he'd finish a lot of games. But there were going to be more opportunities for him to go make big contracts out elsewhere and to be a big-time player out elsewhere. And there's more star quality in Emmanuel quickly than there is at R.J. Barrett if you watch both players. There just is. I understand where they're drafted, but there just is. So if you're watching this player and you think about the value he's got from the Knicks— you're thinking what I'm thinking. How the hell did they let him in this deal? I like Ananobi. I'm not saying he's not an advantage, especially defensively, and you know, bringing some toughness and all those things. And okay, the Knicks could use some of that. That's great, even though they need more star power on the team. But they didn't have a lot to give, and to go give quickly in this deal, I don't understand it at all. Now, we well, there'll be more moves. What are they going to do with those picks? How's it all going to work out? But quickly, to me, if you're going to move into a package, that's a package that eventually nets you the Donovan Mitchell types of the world who've got star quality to help take your team to another place where nobody's got a chance to maybe put you in a better spot to go win a playoff series than you are now, but he's not giving you a better spot to win a championship necessarily as constituted than you are right now. And I don't understand that. Hit me up in the comments. Maybe I'm alone, and I'm not trying to be biased here because I'm a Knicks fan, but I'm sitting there watching it, and I don't understand that with the quickly part of this trade. I don't think people understand the value of the player in this deal, and I think he's going to thrive in Toronto. I think R.J. Barrett's got a chance to maybe not reach another level, but certainly be more comfortable. He gets a chance to play in Canada. I think all those things would be great for him. But Emmanuel quickly, who and I, I retweeted this, reposted, whatever they say now, when this initially happened, what he had said, but uh, you know, I mean, look, uh, he cl clearly was stunned, and so was I. On face value, this doesn't look like a very good trade for the Knicks. And it certainly can't stand on an island on its own as a deal for the Knicks. Your thoughts, want to hear them in the comments. Jump on board, whether you're watching on Twitter. Get me Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get podcasts, and get in, of course, on the YouTube channel as well which if you're on uh, Twitter, X, you can jump up in the bio, find that, get over, like, and subscribe, get all the interviews, conversations, and everything else through 238 episodes as we head into 2024. But I, that, that, to me, Nick's got a lot of work. To, the Nick's got to figure out how are we getting from this fringe spot that we're in? You know, we, we were able to really find Jalen Brunson in a spot where people thought it was an overpay, and he's a stud. He is a star. He is a guy who can be, I don't care what anybody said. Look, <clears throat> excuse me, I understand the height, and I get it. No one player can carry a team in the NBA to a championship anymore. You need help. You need that 1B. You need that 2. You need two other guys. I mean, it doesn't work that way. No one dude carrying you. 
You know, LeBron, the heyday with the Booby Gibsons and the Galskis and all that. Okay, fine. But that's LeBron. And he can have you doing that now, clearly, even if he was the old version of LeBron, I don't think, in the way today's sport is. Because everybody got two or three of those guys. You can't have one. But Jalen Brunson, a dude. They got to find another. How are you getting a dude? How are you going to do that? I thought quickly would be in a move to get a dude. And OG Adenobi, good player, better player than R.J. Barrett. Certainly the defensive side, we know what he's going to do, the toughness and all that stuff, and great. And, and he got a lot to play for going into a contract, and maybe you can get him. It's not a contract with you. All those things make sense, but he not a dude to the level of dude I think you needed, and you needed to package all of your supplies to go get that dude. Your thoughts. Want to congratulate the Pistons. I mean, 28 losses in a row. What a nightmare. Uh, watching that game, I did not see the one last night against the Raptors that they won, but I was watching the game against the Celtics like it was game seven of a playoff series. I mean, my goodness. Uh, and they they were, I mean, given everything they got, those poor players. I mean, clearly they are well overmatched, but good for them getting a win. So congrats to the Pistons and to their fans who get to sleep on a better night heading into 2024. Happy New Year to all of you. Everybody makes all these resolutions. Nobody ever sticks with any of them. At the end of the day, make a resolution for happiness and for health and for safety, and for family, and the important things in life, and the rest is going to be the rest. But never forget what's important. That should be everybody's resolution every year, because I come across too many people in my life who have, who have forgotten that, and including me at times, we've all been there. And the most important thing is to remember the most important things. Like, for example, after you get through all of those, next on your list, keep it up with us into 2024 and Unfiltered, Courtesy of the Believe Network, and of course, presented by our good friends at Bet Online. You can find us Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Over on Twitter, artists formerly known as X, if you will, or on the YouTube channel, which you can get as well, Unfiltered with Casey Stern. Happy New Year to all of you, and we will see you in 2024. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.